Hi, everybody. Uh, uh, tonight we have uh, episode of five. We have wonderful young lady who's running judge, uh, Leslie Stutt, uh, who's amazing young lady who's been doing amazing job for Franklin County for in general. You know, so those who doesn't know will know more about her. And this, uh, this engagement, civic engagement we're doing is trying to introduce the community who's who. So we invited those who care about the mainly minority communities who's been facing many challenging in the state of Ohio, especially Franklin County. So I want to uh, want to say thank you for uh, uh, Lashley Stewart for coming for uh, um, our broadcast, you know, uh, community engagement for Perhan. And my colleague, uh, uh, Saeed Mohamud, who's also, the Saeed is also on the other side. I uh, want to welcome you and uh, want to hear about you. Who's uh, um, uh, Shelly Stewart? Can you explain who you are and why you're running? Um, um, uh, complete, okay? Go ahead. Yes. Well, first, thank you both for the opportunity to be here with you both this this evening. I'm really excited about this conversation and um, just always happy to have dialogue and share, uh, hear concerns as well as learn uh, about each other. So thank you very much for the opportunity to be here. So my name is Lachelle Stroud. Uh, I am from Columbus, Ohio, born and raised here. Um, growing up, my father was a Columbus firefighter, uh, primarily a paramedic um, throughout most of his career in the driving park area. Um, and my mother is a cosmetologist. Uh, so I grew up seeing both of them serve our community. Um, and it was just something that was always instilled in me since I was a little girl. Um, I have wanted to be a lawyer since I was five years old. It is the absolute only thing that I ever wanted to do outside of when I got to high school and I expanded to say one day I wanted to be in the judiciary. Um, but I've always been the one to speak up for other people. Uh, always been the one to be passionate about truth and justice for everyone. And a lot of people told me growing up like, no, don't be a lawyer, You know, maybe think about being something else. And it was simply because of the way that I looked. And I was very aware of that. Um, and my family always encouraged me and made sure that I went to different programs uh, to learn more about the law and how I could become a lawyer. Um, and then when I was in high school, I met a judge here and she was actually a judge in the same court that I work in now, domestic relations and juvenile court. Uh, and I went down to the courthouse, observed, and that's when I saw you know, judges in the courtroom and said, one day I'd like to be a judicial officer. So I went away to Kentucky State University for undergrad, came back home, went to The Ohio State University for law school. Um, and the summer after my first year, which was 2000, I actually interned with the same judge that came to my high school. And I worked with her day in and day out all summer. And that, uh, for me, ignited the passion to want to work in domestic relations and juvenile court. So throughout the past 20 years, I've worked in every single area of our court on both sides. Um, I have been a litigator uh, as an assistant attorney general, traveling all around Ohio, handling bench trials, jury trials, arguing before the Court of Appeals, as well as the Ohio Supreme Court. Um, I have been a staff attorney for a judge in general division. I've owned my own law firm. Uh, representing parents and children in domestic relations in juvenile court uh, and worked for a private firm. Uh, and then seven years ago, I was appointed to the bench in domestic relations and juvenile court as a magistrate. So every day I preside over cases determining if children have been abused or neglected, if they should be removed from their parents' home, what their parents need to do to get them back. And I also handle delinquency cases, which would be like criminal cases if the youth was an adult. 
Uh, I also work in our human trafficking dedicated docket for youth who are the victims of human trafficking and represent our court um, on national levels at court conferences to make sure that we're on the cutting edge and expanding equal access to the court. Uh, three years ago, I was promoted to be the lead magistrate. So now I preside over, uh, I'm over all of the juvenile magistrates and our support staff. Uh, so I am running for judge for a newly created seat in domestic relations and juvenile court. And I really just want to bring all of my passion and commitment for our community um, and for this particular court to ensure that we stay on the forefront of trends, making sure that there is justice for all. That's always my goal since I was a little girl. Um, I don't think justice should just be for some people. It should be for everyone, regardless of your background, your knowledge of the law, everyone should have the opportunity to have justice and to be heard. Um, so I believe that my experience, my community commitment and my passion um, has brought me to this point and why I believe that I'm the best person for this seat. So I'm asking that everyone stand proud with Stroud and vote me for judge. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it for that speaks itself because, you know, somebody who has done an amazing job, you know, um, um, uh, it shows itself. That shows your uh, resume, capability you're doing, reaching out, and shows that we need more diverse judges in the mm -hmm. courtroom, you know, because you know, I have myself uh, uh, three girls and, and, and one boy, and I want to see my daughter had somebody who looked like them in the court, you know? Mm -hmm. So I appreciate it um, uh, for you because that space, we really need to fill those spaces. Somebody who look like us, who really, because if you look at the court system, when we go there, mainly people who go on criminal, who's going difficult, people who look like me and you. So they, and those who are the judges, they don't even understand the culture and in terms of, you know, the, the stuff we're dealing with, and especially, you know, injustice that today is happening around the world. So I want to say thank you for your leadership because this is something we need. So. I want to work Saeed. Saeed, Dr. Saeed, can you um, go ahead and uh, um, say, share with uh, um, Michelle? Uh, thank you for uh, having me, Bruhan, and thank you for uh, last to meet you, Lashley. It's just been incredible hearing that um, uh, the the history of Lashley, that she's worked hard for criminal justice, I mean, juvenile justice. I think it's so great to see diversity and mm -hmm. how she represents for uh, Franklin County. That's the very proud, I'm very proud of you <laughs> doing for good work, you know what I mean? And, and, and I'm, my, I have, I'm a public health. I studied my public health in, um, for a long time and I've been working for community for almost 10 years now in, in, in home care setting. And I've been working for hard with the Burhan and just to make sure the community awareness and work through with the community what they need to have. And I really make say today that Burhan has done a good job for doing together, make it possible tonight to meet one of a wonderful running judge. So we are all behind you. We are we endorse you 100% behind you. And I was reading your profile this morning. I've been seeing that you've been actually working on uh, end school prison pipeline, which is really very important to end that, which is really very important uh, issue about it because um, our, our juvenile needs to have uh, uh, the proper um, advocate for that thing. Um, I'm also also impressed with that, the program you're working on that, and also human trafficking is another thing, which is really a big issue on it. Um, I think I'm I think we're so proud of you, the community needs to hear that somebody, someone like you about saying, being represented for the, uh, for the court, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, very, it's, it's wonderful tonight, and I'll welcome to you the community, and tonight's gonna, tonight a lot of people are hearing us and looking at us 
watching the podcast tonight. They will actually get more information from you. Thank you. Having, and I, I wish you good luck. Thank you, thank you very much. I appreciate uh, it. Uh, Lachelle, thank you so much. Because for me, I'm an advocate for criminal justice reform. You know, I've been fighting this stuff for a long time because, you know, I have a son myself who's 16 now. Uh, for me, it's my heart because of, if you look at the number of population in the prison pipeline, it's people of color, you know, uh, no doubt, you know, so, and the continuation of the uh, prison pipeline still continues until today. So, as you, we, we see the data, it shows itself. You don't even need it to interpret the data, it shows itself. So, how we can push the judges to make sure advocates that come back to the community they serve and to educate about the prison um, a system that really uh, become a toxic of a young uh, um, uh, uh, kids and especially you know boys you know um, uh, and, and black women and in general because if you look at it you know the pandemic is a huge we talk about the coronavirus but this is another way you're looking on people not yeah. looking on the system of the pipeline the prison pipeline is a huge so how we could um, 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 fight those issues on the battleground because of this something that we really need to look at into. Today we're looking at pandemic COVID-19, but also there's a pandemic also is happening, prison pipelines was happening generation by generation. So how are you gonna go back and change it and educate the community about those things? Do you are support for criminal justice reform because that's something that will really close our heart. Yes. So first, let me say that I wholeheartedly feel your pain. Uh, my husband and I are also raising two boys. Um, so I understand what it means, you know, to raise uh, two boys um, and that I'm just trying to be sensitive. You know, it, it's a different um, parenting for us. You know, so I 100% understand uh, because when people see your son and our sons, um, we understand that according to the statistics, it's about nine years old uh, to where they're started to be viewed more as criminals or as a threat to society. And I'm sure, you know, you for your 16 year old son and us for our six and 10 year old sons, we don't see them as threats at all. We know the way that we raise them, you know, to be good young men and we know mm -hmm. their hearts. Um, yes. I believe that's something that we have to join together, uh, arm in arm, shoulder to shoulder to fight against these stereotypes. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so one, I say the disparities. What I want to do is to combat the disparities. On any given day, uh, boys who look just like our sons are in our juvenile intervention center, formerly known as the detention center. It's mm -hmm. going to be at least 90%, some days 98%. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's an issue. I think that's something that we as the judges, another reason why I'm running for judge is, um, yes, I know I'll have an impact in my courtroom, but the judges get to vote on policies as far as the direction of the court. Uh, so me as a seat with a seat at the table as a judge, I'll have a vote as to the direction of our court. And so my vote will absolutely go towards combating those disparities so that we can get those numbers down because it's unacceptable that 78% of the population that comes in front of us looks like us because we know that that's not representative of Franklin County population. Mm -hmm. So a couple of things that I would do, um, some of the programming that we're already doing as well as look to intensify and increase programming. So one juvenile detention alternative initiatives uh, and that uh, detention alternative, and I make sure that the magistrates in our department have training, uh, regular training, to make sure, number one, that we're not holding you uh, 
simply because of the way that they look or their zip code, uh, where they come from or poverty, that they're only being held if they're a threat to themselves or a threat to the community. And I mean a serious threat. Number two, to make sure that we're not removing children from their home based on cultural differences, or again, because of the way that they look or poverty. Children should be able to be in the home, keep that family unit intact whenever it's safe to do so. And then we, the court, need to make sure that we have resources available for families so that if there is a need, we're able to provide wraparound services to meet needs without people having to come to court to have their needs met. But I do believe that the court, once we know that we have these issues, should make sure that we have these resources available. So one program that I'm working on now as a magistrate that I would want to continue to work on as a judge is the Family Stabilization Unit. And that's in partnership with the Franklin County Department of Job and Family Services. And it's a handhold, not a handoff model. So if a family needs services, whether it's for uh, food or housing, uh, whatever the services are that they need, match them up with the family stabilization unit without them having to continue to come to court to meet their needs. I mean, I have youth who come in front of me for like theft cases and I'll ask them, you know, what happened? And they'll explain to me, um, you know, I was in a department store and it was underclothes that I stole. And we're not saying that we excuse that behavior, but if we ask the right questions, we can find out why and how they got in front of us. So if a child is stealing because they need proper undergarments to be able to go to school, we should be able to help to meet the need and not penalize them for their action because at the end of the day they're children and i believe as a community we should work together to get their basic needs met without penalizing them so that's where my heart is i grew up in the linden area 43211 and year after year after year that's one of the top zip codes for the families that come in front of us so i think it would be helpful for me to sit in that seat because when i make my decisions i understand how people came into the courtroom, but that doesn't mean that they need to stay here or become a part of that prison pipeline. Sometimes they just need help because within them is still the ability to be our future lawyers, judges, doctors, whatever it is that they want to do, and they can be impactful in their community as well. Um, but we just need to make sure that we're helping more than harming the people who come into the courtroom. That, that is speak itself. You know, another thing is, you know, um, when you look at the poverty, it's a very high, uh, those zip codes, 43221 and all those 43221. Mm -hmm. yeah. When you compare to 43081, you know, I do the comparison zip codes. I mean, you know, it shows that, you know, high poverty on those areas. And but also, we have big issues called mental health is another issue that our yes. people of color are dealing with, you know, because yes. a lot of young um, male, female, Raising in a house that has severely, you know, uh, economic uh, poverty that creates a lot of uh, unstable, you know, and 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 so yes. it's not only those people shoplifting, but what makes this young people to become a shoplift? Those questions are always ask people. They don't just go there and shift because they want to be decent life because of poverty is a high crime of all those zip codes. So. Mm -hmm. Well, in the judges, in the perspective, they don't look at these because they, they always interpret the law based on what they see shoplifted, but they're not emphasizing systematic issue of poverty and mental health. Mm -hmm. When you, you, if you become a judge, how are you going to evaluate those um, um, uh, issues, especially mental health? We know highly uh, uh, people incarcerated and dealing with a lot of uh, uh, anxiety, mental health, and depression. 
name it. We 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 all have family, friends. All of us deal yes. with you know all the stuff. Mm-hmm. I do agree with the Brahan, uh, brother Brahan. Um, the things happening in our community is, uh, is profiling. Uh, you can see our kids go into store and sometimes security guards profiling them and looking after them. Uh, that's actually is not fair. It's not a justice that it's not fair that we uh, security guards staying in the storehouse and looking at this, uh, looking at the kids that come to the store. Kids being kids, you know, they're not, they're, they're kids being kids, so should not be treated differently. So profiling is absolutely no. Uh, I don't, uh, I'm not forgetting to end this profile. It's absolutely not fair in our community, and it, it's happening. And it's happening. Yeah. I have a two daughters, uh, twin daughters, 20, 12, 12 years old, and every now and then they said that, oh, we're going to the store, and you know, they have to be feel, feel free, um, not to your color of your skin. You know what I mean? Then we have to teach our community that okay, you can go to the store. With, with a good map, you know, you know, you can go whatever you like, but mm-hmm. should not be profiling, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I agree with Rashida uh, uh, was saying about that uh, stabilization unit. I think we have to make work with, to, together with the families and everything else. And also, as Burhan was saying, is unemployment is a huge gap. There's a yes. problem yes. before that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I mean, I think one when it comes to racial profiling, we have to admit that it exists, right? So uh, there is systemic racism um, in the system that led to these disparities that we have. That's number one. So we have to acknowledge the problem uh, so that then we can work together to try to solve the problem. Um, So it's calling things out um, and admitting you know, the truth that it is, that is what it is. Um, so how can we work together to make the changes that are necessary? Um, so yes, and we need to make sure that we're not criminalizing juvenile behavior. Uh, so I know when I was growing up, you know, if it was something like a school fight uh, or a food fight at school, um, there would be, the issue would be handled at school, but there would not be charges filed. Nowadays, mm-hmm. a school fight, whether it's a food fight or a fist fight, they have whatever the punishment is at school, and then they also have charges filed against them to where they have to come to court. Um, so that's something that we need to address. We should not be criminalizing juvenile behavior because studies show that the majority of youth are going to grow out of delinquent behavior without any, without any intervention at all. Uh, and that's just because their brains have not fully developed. So we need to give children an opportunity to be children without bringing them into the court system to do that. Because the more orders that we make and the more we keep them in the court system, the more likely they are to stay with us and then to become a part of the adult system. Um, When it comes to mental health, what you addressed, um, I think that's two part. Uh, Yes, mental health is an issue that needs to be addressed with the appropriate services. And that goes back to resources and support. Uh, because mental health issues do not need to be in a courtroom to get those issues addressed. Uh, we have family members and parents who are perfectly able to provide uh, the necessary support, whether it be counseling, uh, therapy, uh, a psychological evaluation. We have some parents who are able to do that on their own, and they should be able to do that without their child having to come to court. And then we have some parents that just need a referral which is when the family stabilization unit can help where those referrals can be made again outside of a courtroom. A child should not have to come to court to have mental health needs met. Um, Another issue that we see though in court is sometimes I'll have cases and there will be a request 
for a mental health evaluation or mental health services. And if there's not a real need, that can be more detrimental to mm -hmm. the youth. So we have to mm -hmm. make sure yes. that when we're ordering these evaluations and services, it's only for people who need it and not for people to where the referral is being made because of cultural differences mm -hmm. or because people are stereotyping certain uh, demographics and mm -hmm. saying that, oh, you know, because we feel like you're a loud person or you're angry, you need a mental health evaluation. Some people are angry and frustrated because they don't want to come to court. That doesn't mean you have a mental health issue. You're just frustrated like anyone else would be to come to court time after time and not feel like your needs are getting met. So we have to make sure that it's appropriate and that those services are being provided only when it's appropriate, because if not, it can be more harmful than good. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really appreciate it because, you know, for me, I'm an advocate for uh, many, many years, many issues. You know, because of when I look at um, the data itself, especially in general, mainly for um, uh, people of color, you know, in terms of mm -hmm. lack of resource inequality, almost, you know, combined um, itself, mm -hmm. because you have a family who are dealing with so much systematic for lack of resource, and a lot of issue crime. And mm -hmm. we all, all know uh, uh, bias on police brutality is happening. Uh, policing yeah. also is a big issue. Our communities are big time because those are things we really want to address at different session. But this is something that we're seeing to be criminalized much easier for you if you're a black person to, to the white Caucasian area because simply because of the way you look. I mean, and, and that could be and on you, especially economic impact, especially when you come to court, you have to hire a lawyer and pay lawyer. It costs a lot of money and, and, and mm -hmm. family already struggle. A lot of families end up public defending, you know, end up, you know, and, and you know, those cases, sometimes I look at this back up so much uh, pile up. I mean, they don't even have a time to, 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 to discuss the families and things like that. So it's, a, it's a feel like a system setting up a lot of minorities to, to fail it. And, 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 and that's why judges are very important for, you know, uh, focusing the people watching tonight. Please uh, vote, you know, judges, because in my heart goes, because we need those judges yeah. who look like us, who have, care about the community, who are coming from the community, who understands the community needs, because you're living with the community and you're seeing the social issues that's happening in your community. So you could be advocates and bringing a table, because when you're at a table, you'll be the menu. So I want to say, Michelle. Um, 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 for your advocate for uh, uh, for many years, you know another thing that I want to mention is is uh, domestic violence and uh, uh, it's a big issues as well. So uh, uh, trafficking, you know, is also some of the big issues, you know, and um, especially people of color, you know. Um, uh, mm -hmm. um, but um, but we're gonna we're gonna wrap up, you know. Uh, I'm, I wanna um, um, say a few words, Michelle. Uh, Michelle. Uh, what you're gonna say, people of Franklin County, uh, especially those who are voting uh, for you, what's you gonna give that message? Uh, my message to all Franklin County voters is to please stand proud with Stroud, uh, vote Stroud for judge, knowing that you would be voting for a uh, candidate who is credible, uh, committed and compassionate. Uh, the only candidate in this race to be highly uh, recommended by the Columbus Bar Association, the Central Association of Justice, as well as the preferred candidate as voted by the lawyers. 
I'm also the only candidate uh, that is screened for all of the bipartisan unions and organizations. They all endorse my race over my opponents. Uh, so knowing that standing proud with Stroud, you are picking uh, the most qualified and capable, the best candidate for this position uh, and someone who is going to fight all the way through to the very end. I'm also a breast cancer survivor. I know October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, I was um, diagnosed with breast cancer when I was pregnant with our second son. I went through a year of chemo therapy, radiation, and surgery without ever missing one day on the bench. Uh, so you know that a vote for me is a vote for someone who is committed and is going to work hard uh, for your family and treat your family as if it is my own because every family on my docket I consider to be my own family. So asking that you all stand proud with Stroud and I will work hard and continue to be in, in our community uh, working for change and justice for all. Said, what's your last word, Said? Uh, finally, I will say that let's stood up tonight um, and support our 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 beautiful ca uh, candidate today tonight. So let's support and endorse our uh, Lashley tonight. And please, I want to ask my community: please vote, vote, vote. We have somebody who cares about us, somebody who knows just the system for us, someone who already needs her family and community. Uh, and I think it's, we are so lucky enough to find a diversity in the courthouse. So let's vote guys and we get, we get there. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, Saeed. I just wanna say, you know, as a Somali community, Central Ohio, uh, Center for Somali Engagement endorsing, uh, stand by stood for voting for her, for all our community. We've been voicing the last few weeks to vote for her. We'll continue to vote. You get our endorsement, Somali community in Ohio, especially for Somali community, Center for Somali American Engagement. Um, and focus who I care about most of Washington. And please give the vote, the young lady, you see that she looks like me and you, and she cares about the community. She cares about the, by the law, and she understands that she's a survival and she's a fighter, you know, like everybody else. So she's a fighter, and you, we want somebody who's a fighting on the court, the table, when somebody's sitting at the table and brings the policy change that we needed. So uh, congratulations, and we'll be fighting for you, and we'll, you know, we'll see you. Thank we'll you. continue to so come back when you win. We'll also, we'll invite you to come back and continue our conversation. I want to wish you the best, and we'll continue. And I say, please vote. Vote to Broad good. So please vote for her, Michelle. She's an amazing young lady. She deserves our vote. Please help her and share your family. So we'll continue the last few weeks to push the vote. So thank you so much, and God thank bless you. you. Okay. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Good night. God bless you both too and your family. Good night. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.